For any size gift before Ash Wednesday, February 14th, we'll send you my 2024 Lenten devotional booklet. Make a secure online donation at thewordendoors.org or make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. And we'll send you my new devotional book for Lent, By Your Holy Cross. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. Most commentators, though aware of the possibility of feet being a euphemism, run with it as a reference to literal feet. Ruth is being instructed to uncover the man's tootsies and lie beneath them, assuming that his uncovered feet will grow cold and he will wake up to cover them only to find a woman lying there. And Ruth is then to await whatever instructions he would give her. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Ruth. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. In our previous podcast, we'd seen Boaz provide for Ruth. As his people sat down to eat, he summoned this foreign woman to join them and provided her with bread and wine. We noted that that was no accident, but a type of Jesus who would provide a very special bread and wine for his own people, many of whom would come from among the Gentiles in the Holy Eucharist. Ruth ate and was satisfied and even had leftovers to bring home to her mother-in-law. Then she rose up right away to get back to work. Boaz kindly instructed his workers to let Ruth glean even among the unbundled sheaves and to intentionally drop some for her to pick up. The result of his generosity was that by the time the sun sat and forced them to cease working, Ruth had gathered a bumper crop. She threshed out what she had accumulated, an entire ephah of grain, and headed back home to Naomi. Seeing the abundance, not to mention the food that Ruth kept back from her own lunch for her, Naomi demands the full scoop on what had just happened. Hearing Ruth's account, Naomi blesses Boaz and lets Ruth know that this man is actually one of the men in line to be a redeemer, that is, one who could marry Ruth and raise up seed for her deceased husband and take over management of his property. Naomi instructs Ruth to do exactly what Boaz had already told her to do, to stick with his own servants and continue to benefit from his kindness to her and his protection of her. A reading from Ruth, the third chapter, beginning at the first verse. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, 
and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. Ruth 3, verses 1 through 5. Let us pray. Lord God, bless your word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who have come to the saving faith. May your word pass from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life. That as you have promised, your word may achieve the purpose for which you send it. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to ponder today's passage? Let's work through it together. Verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Ruth had been so very hard at work seeking to provide for her mother-in-law and herself, and doing so with industriousness, diligence, and humility. But even as Naomi is ever so grateful and realizes what a huge blessing God has provided her in her godly daughter-in-law, she feels badly that she's done nothing for Ruth. And as she ponders over their recent good fortune in Ruth becoming the recipient of Boaz's kindness— an idea begins to take shape in that old gray head of hers. An idea that, if it comes to fruition, would result in Ruth no longer having to be the provider for their needs. And that would turn out very well for the younger woman. I can see Ruth give her mother-in-law a quizzical, if respectful, look, saying as much as, What are you thinking, mother? And can't you see the gleam in Naomi's eye? as she lays out her plan. Verse 2. Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Is not Boaz our relative, or more literally, of our kindred? Luther's version translates that, our friend. Either friend or relative, the point is, that Boaz has shown himself to be kindly and respectfully disposed toward both the young Moabitess and her mother-in-law. The harvest having been concluded, he would be working and celebrating tonight at the threshing floor. This was a large surface, usually located on a hilltop of either clay or rock. It was maybe some 30 feet in diameter where the grain could be winnowed after threshing. Threshing was the pounding of the grain to break open the hull, and winnowing was the way you tossed the grain up into the air for the breeze to carry away the chaff and for the heavier kernels of grain to fall back onto the threshing floor. This is what's referred to in Psalm 1. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Or again in Isaiah 41, verses 15 and 16, Behold, I make of you a threshing sledge, new, sharp, and having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff, and you shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the tempest shall scatter them, 
and you shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Holy One of Israel, you shall glory. Or yet again, like the words of St. John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verse 12, describing the Messiah. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So at the end of the harvest, this great threshing and winnowing would take place, effectively separating the precious kernel from the useless hulls. The hulls would blow away or be swept away, and the precious grain would mound up in heaps. Verse 3. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. The Weimarische Bibelwerk, prepared under the theological auspices of 17th century theologian Johann Gerhardt, glosses this verse thusly. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, anoint yourself with fragrant balm according to the custom of the land, and put on your best cloak and go down to the threshing floor of Boaz, but do not make yourself known. With the footnote, the Hebrew says, hide yourself so that no one sees you, and accordingly go there when it becomes dark and not before, to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. So Naomi is instructing Ruth to bathe and to perfume herself and to put on her best duds and then go down to the threshing floor. She's obviously intended to do this under cover of darkness so that folks do not recognize her, including Boaz. She's to be close enough to observe Boaz, but not so close that he notices her. Not yet. Hence, verse 4. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. This is vital. Because it's going to be dark when she makes her next move. She has to make sure that she's located the right man. Obviously, there was more than one person who chose to stretch out and spend the night under the stars on the threshing floor. Think of the celebration at the end of the threshing like a party where everyone just kind of crashed together. But now we get to the truly curious part. Verse 4 continued. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what to do. It is quite true that feet is a common Hebrew euphemism for one's private parts, one's genitals. You might remember the prophecy of old Jacob concerning Judah in Genesis 49.10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him, and to him shall the obedience of the peoples be. That's saying that the holy seed will continue in the loins of Judah and his select descendants until the king arrives to whom the peoples will give their obedience. That would be first David, but then great David's greater son, Jesus. Feet there means loins or genitals. Or, for example, when God says in Isaiah 7, verse 20, And that day the Lord will shave with a razor that is hired beyond the river, with the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it will sweep away the beard also. Now, hair of the feet does not suggest that the ancient Hebrews were hobbit-like with hairy feet. Again, it's a reference to the hair around the loins. Even in Isaiah 6, with the account of the seraphim covering their feet, 
we likely have a reference to covering their private parts. And no, don't even ask me what angels do with their private parts. So, some people believe that this is actually a reference to Ruth uncovering Boaz's private parts. Some going so far as to suggest that it implies some form of sexual encounter taking place between the two of them. I will note that the other Hebrew euphemism that fits with this is uncovering the nakedness of someone as a way of describing sexual intercourse. You can see that in Leviticus 18 verses 6 through 17. Indeed, the Jewish Mishnah states that a wife may be acquired in one of three ways, by money, by document, or by intercourse. These scholars, all of them modern, believe then that in this passage, feet is a euphemism and that Boaz acquired Ruth as his wife on the threshing floor. Walter Brewers, in the Concordia Self-Study Commentary, however, writes, Ordinarily, marriages were contracted by the male head of the house. In this case, a woman without a husband had to find a way for her widowed ward to propose a marriage, which the law made obligatory for a kinsman. Boaz did not interpret Ruth's action as a wily attempt to lure him into intercourse with her, thereby putting him under obligation to her. Whether Naomi was prepared to have Ruth take such a course, if necessary, cannot be determined. Most commentators, though aware of the possibility of feet being a euphemism, run with it as a reference to literal feet. Ruth is being instructed to uncover the man's tootsies and lie beneath them, assuming that his uncovered feet will grow cold and he will wake up to cover them only to find a woman lying there. And Ruth is then to await whatever instructions he would give her. That is certainly how Theodoret of Sire expounded this in the 5th century. Therefore, Naomi suggests to her that she sleep at Boaz's feet, not that she might sell her body, for the words of the narrative signify the opposite. Rather, she trusts the man's temperance and judgment. Moreover, the actions corroborate the words. Verse 5. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. Ruth is here also an example of obedience to what Lutherans and Roman Catholics call the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. She doesn't argue with her mother-in-law over these strange instructions, but will proceed to carry them out to the letter. That's where we're going to call for our break today. Next up, we'll hear what happens when Ruth carries out her mother-in-law's instructions. Boaz, probably imbibing a bit too much drink, falls readily asleep and, as is so often the case, proceeds to wake up hours later, only to find a woman at his feet. Who are you? he asks. Ruth identifies herself and, in effect, proposes marriage, asking him to spread his wings or his garment over her. He blesses her for not running after a younger man and promises he will take care of it, provided the man with a closer claim does not wish to do so. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check. Make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. 
You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.